Welcome on in to the Superintendent Radio Network and episode three of Talkin' Turf Weeds brought to you by our friends at Corteva AgriScience. Over the course of this year, Talkin' Turf Weeds will highlight a quartet of troublesome weeds with perspective and advice from agronomic experts. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and I'll be joined today for a conversation about dandelions, bane of turf pros and homeowners alike, by Dr. Jared Hoyle. Jared is AgriScience Turf and Ornamental Territory Manager for Corteva, and this is his second appearance on this series. We talked about thistle in the first episode. I've loved both of our conversations. I think you will too. Before we get going, though, a quick word from Corteva AgriScience. From the fairway to the green, your turf matters, and Corteva AgriScience is here to help you defend it. The turf and ornamental portfolio from Corteva AgriScience helps you tackle tough weeds and other course challenges quickly so you can focus on what matters most. With a full spectrum of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides developed to keep your course in check, you'll spend less time battling troublesome turf challenges and more time building a picture-perfect experience for your members. Corteva AgriScience, growing agriculture. Dr. Jared Hoyle, after the break. Jared, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Talking Turf Weeds. How have you been? What's going on? Thanks for the invite back. Uh, I've been doing well, just uh, grinding out, trying to keep grass alive and uh, see what we can do to control weeds throughout this uh, crazy summer that we've been living in. Lots of different environmental conditions, no matter where you're at, extreme heat, extreme cold. So it's definitely been a challenging year, but I think I say that every year. So keeps us up on our toes. Precipitation too. I know that there was a golf course superintendent who we talked with not too long ago who had gone months in the Pacific Northwest without rain, which seems bizarre. And then there's all sorts of other folks in other corners of the country who are getting more rain than they've had in years. It is a strange year to say the least. It definitely has. And I'm, like I said, I think, I think we say it's a strange year every year. Something there. is always going on. <laughs> which is good for you. That is right. I guess as a, a turf grass researcher, turf nerd, um, uh, weed scientist nerd, there's always something to play around with, always something to address and uh, and keep it exciting, keep you on your toes. Last time you were here, last time we talked, the topic of conversation was thistle in the first episode of Talking Turf Weeds. It is in the Superintendent Radio Network vault. If folks want to go back and listen to that, always topical. Uh, very timely, I think, no matter when you're listening to it. Episode three, we're talking about something that affects everybody on the course and in front yards and backyards as well, and that is dandelions. This is an ugly weed, Jared. Oh, yes. Uh, That's probably the weed that gets the most complaints um, across the United States. Is that really? Like professionals and homeowners, really? I think I think so just because of the the bloom and it's easy yellow contrasting versus green grass uh even yellow versus brown grass when it blooms there's a lot of a lot of options out there for controlling but I think it's one of the most that causes the most angst 
would be the best word for a turf grass manager just because it's just a visible a visible weed that's out there i mean i had them in my yard earlier this year we live in a fairly compact uh very densely populated area with little front yards and i feel like the seeds blew down the street from my neighbors and probably about may i had a front yard full of them and i did not want to dig them out so i kind of dealt with them as best i could uh certainly not to the standards of a uh, scientist or a superintendent or other turf pro but how was your yard did you survive earlier this year uh, I did survive for the most part. We typically have a very similar, I live in a neighborhood as well. Um, and there's a, a lawn across the street there renovating the house. Um, but prior to that, it was, it was my, it was an area where I was able to do a lot of phenology re- looking and uh, at weeds and different blooming times because they had a little bit of everything. But it was also the neighborhood menace of dandelions. It's where they all came into all the houses. And I live here in Manhattan, Kansas. And as as you know, in this area, uh, the wind never stops blowing. So as soon as the the dandelions went to bloom and then went to seeds and the wind blows, it just blew them everywhere. So definitely had to deal with some of that. But I would say one of my major things I had to deal with was my my daughter picking the dandelion seed heads. (laughs) And, and and running around in the backyard. So even if I only had one, uh, she was probably the, the mass uh, spreader of the dandelion seed here at the Hoyle household. She sounds more like an agent of chaos than my six-year-old, but they are cut from the same cloth. Like, yeah, I would definitely say people. agent of chaos around here. <laughs> Remind me, your daughter is how old, Jared? She is three. Yeah, right in that perfect range to just think they're the coolest coolest thing and like you said just run around and she is the super spreader she is the super spreader and she even made me this pet a super spreader of dandelions uh seeds but and also she loves saving them so for a while we had to have a cup in the garage um as she collected flowers and seed heads to put them in so we had a bouquet of dandelions um as well so one that I'm very familiar with on the research side, and now one I am very familiar with on the parenting side. <laughs> well, I'm glad that your yard survived seemingly better than mine. I'm amazed. Um, if we turn dandelion conversation from our own yards to golf courses and, and all sorts of other beautiful turf, what should superintendents and other turf pros know about dandelions that Maybe they don't know. Maybe they learned when they were kids and forgot, or maybe they never learned at all. You know, that's that's a pretty interesting question. You know, with all weeds, there is this research that's been done where some weeds like certain different types of areas or, you know, high compaction soils for like knotweed and goosegrass, yellow nut sedge likes, likes compacted soils as well as flooded soils. Um, and dandelions, we we probably never really thought about what could be an underlying issue or going on um, in the in the soil or in the environment or how we're managing it because they're everywhere. But dandelions, actually, one thing that I didn't realize this until um, digging it deep deeper into some of the research that was out there, they like high potassium soils. Huh. Um, and so just knowing that it's not always an indicator of high potassium soils. But because they're there, it's maybe something that we might think about and looking in our fertility program, whether it be at our home lawn or on the golf course. 
we may be applying something, uh, potassium that we may not need, or their soils may be maxed out with potassium and, and not be taking it up and we may, we may be feeding the dandelions more. So if you got a high density area of dandelions, one thing that, you know, I just realized not too long ago is it's, uh, it could be a high potassium problem. So start looking at the fertility program and maybe that'll help you in the long-term weed control. And if you who are an expert on weeds is just learning this, I have to imagine that myself as a, as a regular old homeowner, I have no chance. And even golf course superintendents, like you said, they probably never learned this. That's wild. Yeah, this is one thing I didn't learn until uh, later on in my education and career. So it's it's pretty interesting, you know, look at those soil tests. Um, so that might be a, a definitely a good way to start. And I always think about uh, any type of weed management program, start with the best management practices. And we, we don't need have to go through them as all the, every, all the turf managers know what they are, mowing and, and fertility and watering and all that. So start with those things and um, maybe it can identify something that's going on that we may not be able to see with the naked eye. In terms of the destructiveness of dandelions, we've mentioned already how unsightly, even sometimes ugly they can be, how quickly they can spread. Are they as destructive to turf as they are unsightly, Jared? You know, I, I think about that a lot. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, sometimes you can look at an area that may be covered with dandelions and it may be a very pretty uh, site. I know we talked about a little bit about that when on the last uh, episode talking about thistles, but one thing that could be very problematically on top of the unsightly, especially on golf courses is the playability um, mm -hmm. concern. It can grow in fairways. They can grow in roughs uh, on fringes. I've seen some in dandelions and golf greens. They can tolerate low mowing. They can tolerate tall mowing, no mowing. So I think the playability aspect of it can, on the golf course can make it a destructive um, piece is any, any player doesn't want their ball to land on a dandelion or be pulled right up next to one as the, uh, someone that's good at golf, unlike me, um, would, would, it would change their stroke. It would change their ball contact and even ball flight and maybe outcome of that shot. So that's kind of where I think of dandelions of being destructive, but also on the, the physical destructive, anytime that there's any weeds, you know, it might be looking into the health of the turf, but the destructiveness of it for me is more of the, of the unsightly and ball playability, especially on the golf course. Yeah. Especially if, like you said, they're in the fairway, it could affect your roll, your carry off the tee on greens. Good grief. You don't even want to have to think about that. Wow. Oh yeah. And with dandelions having a big tap root, um, you know, they can grow back. They can be scalped off and grow right back. Um, so they can tolerate low mowing. And so you might see it one day and it might pop up and might not see it the next day because it was scalped off. So it's a it's it's very problematic weed, but one that gets a lot of attention, no doubt. Short of taking a spade and digging out the entire weed and its root, what are some of the solutions that superintendents should take to offset dandelions and especially more preventative solutions rather than curative solutions? So there's definitely a lot of options out there, depending upon the location of that weed on the golf course will limit or open up uh, different types of solutions, whether it be herbicides or other options. 
but a multi-level approach is definitely most important preventatively on top of a post cleanup type application. When it comes to preventative applications, typically with your common crabgrass applications, you can start slowing down that seed movement or anything that might germinate throughout the summer, but that's only going to work anytime after your pre-emerge applications. I know uh, Dimension and Gallery are two that, that will definitely prevent dandelions from emerging, but once that lifespan of that pre-emerge herbicide is out, it just opens the window up for new emergence, which was would typically be fall time or springtime prior to. But at that same time, we're also dealing with the ones that are already there that we may not see. So taking a preventative approach with a, a pre-emerge type application and then post-selective options, uh, depending upon the location and the turf grass species you're at, is what we have to do to really combat the the spread of, of this prolific seed producer that also has this taproot that can that can stay underground and rejuvenate from that taproot. And assuming there is the taproot uh, and it's it's spread, what is the process to get rid of that? Again, short of digging in and pulling it out at the root. I'm sure there's that it's not really the best option for a golf course. That is true. I agree. So when you get to that point, it's definitely a post-herbicide type application. Uh, You know, there's many products out there for dandelion control, Um, but it really depends on the time of year you're going after it, the time that you're out there able to go after it, and the efficacy of that product during that time of year, whether it be the, the environmental conditions being cool or warm. You know, back in the day, there was lots of research that was conducted with the general three-way broadleaf herbicides, 2,4-D most commonly um, is one that is very effective on dandelions. It, earlier in the year, when it's a little bit cooler in the springtime, turf managers geared more towards ester formulations, um, which are typically a little bit more volatile. And then as it warmed up, uh, you increase your efficacy with an amine uh, formulation, uh, which is less volatile, so a little bit more safe. Um, around other plants. Um, now moving into the future a little bit, there are some new active ingredients out there. Um, Florislam or Defender is a great one for dandelion control and its ability to be applied in conditions where these other products would not be as effective. Defender works great. Like I said, you can do it in the coolest times of the year. And the one thing I really like about that that application, whether it be in the spring or the fall, is unlike some of these older chemistries that we typically have been using, which would have to be soaked up by the foliage of the dandelion, Defender has some root activity. Well, the tap root of that dandelion is just a pain. Um, many other broadleaf weeds have rhizomes like clover, so this is another option for that. But you're able to apply this herbicide and depending upon where it is on the golf course, say the leaves have been scalped off or it's underneath that turf canopy, that herbicide can be soaked in through both the foliage and the roots and give excellent control. Um, so this is providing the sur- superintendent or turf grass manager or applicator, whoever it might be, a option to go after these weeds at an optimal time, whether it be spring or fall, Instead of waiting for a time when they're really busy um, doing something else, and then they can achieve that, that weed control, as well as not having to worry about those, those pesky 
seeds coming back or those flowers to where the greens committee are going to start barking down our door because there's weeds everywhere. Um, so those are definitely some options that are that are out there. Really looking at the time um, that you're able to apply it as well. Um, all, all the research that we see is fall applications work really great. Um, but now we have these tools in these toolboxes that can be utilized at other times of the year that then can give us effective weed control um, as well as, as saving some time on and on later in the year to be able to do something else on that golf course. If we look at a product like Defender, uh, what are the normal rates and how often are we applying? What's, what's the schedule? Does this give you 14, 21, 28 days of control or, or even more than that? So for a product like Defender, the great thing about it is it's just one use rate. You don't have a high rate or a low rate. It is four fluid ounces per acre, and that's on every turf grass that is listed on there, cool season and warm season. So it is a very safe chemistry, very low use rate. Um, and I like the programmatic approach, kind of like we were previously talking about. You know, on a golf course, you know, right around this time, right around right now, we're thinking about, depending on where you're at, blowing the system out and preparing for winter and doing all the winter projects and the shops and working on equipment. This could be your last app of the year. Whether you're, you're up a little bit more north doing your snow mold apps, this fits right in with it. And so you're able to clean up any new germinating weeds, any weeds that you may not be able to see, especially these dandelions. And so what you've done is you've cleaned it up and then now you've entered the winter time and then you get your pre-emerge herbicide out in the spring, whether it be something like gallery and dimension and really get, get that season long control. That is a great, great way to do it. And it's not always where where it's always going to be perfect every time. So there are other options in the in the toolbox. Say your application was late or you didn't get to it. Um, but if you get a good fall application, a defender, you're going to be really happy in the springtime, get that pre-emerge out. But there is another product out there that has a 2,4-D um, component to it. Um, and it's actually different than the amines and esters that I was previously talking about. Like I said, esters were ones that you used in a little bit cooler climate because of the volatility, worked a little bit better in the cooler time. Amines worked, you know, as it starts to warm up. But there's a, a 2,4-D formulation called 2,4-D choline, which is actually, I think about, let's see, about 4% of esters turn into a volatile form. 1% uh, of the amines turn into a volatile form. And for 2,4-D choline, I think it's, approximately 80, 80 plus to 90 plus, even less volatile than both the amines and the ester. So it puts it in just another class where there, where superintendents have the ability, if there was a miss, if there was a skip, if there was something going on, they can go out in the heat of the summer, not smell it and be able to clean up those dandelions. In terms of timing, like you said, one application over the course of a year should be good, four ounces per acre. In the worst case scenario, that there's a delayed outbreak, there's there's growth uh, at weird times of season. Is there a point when superintendents are safe from those delayed outbreaks, from that delayed growth? Or is it really almost always kind of this one and done? Yeah, there's a, I would say there's definitely a time where, where, where you're safe as in as in, you're meaning safe as in for another application or safe as in turf tolerance 
you're safe as in turf tolerance that this will probably not come back in the foreseeable future? So I would I would definitely see that because of the prolific seed producer it is, because it has a taproot um, and the vast array of where where this this weed is approached, I would say this would be a type more of a yearly type application instead of a one and done. Kind of consider it as like we do with our summer annual weeds. Um, like for crabgrass, we put pre-emerge down because it's, we know that there's a seed bank in there we got to get rid of. And so using the pre-emerge herbicide year after year to start to start reducing that seed bank, we'll take that same concept into dandelion control uh, using a combination of both pre and post applications. For example, a defender application in the fall um, once a year and doing your springtime application is probably something if you put in that rotation, then then your population will start decreasing, as well as you will start increasing your success of having a encroachment or an outbreak um, due to you know maybe a lawn adjacent to the golf course that's not being treated for it that has something or 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 just the influx of weed seeds uh, from some other area. So definitely, definitely, I like it as a yearly application, putting it in a, in a rotational type program. I don't think Danny lines are going away anytime soon. I think you're probably right <laughs> on that. Um, and because they're not going away anytime soon, I'm sure there's at least some research. Is there anything new in dandelion research that you've come across in the last year, maybe even two years, Jared? Well, you know, as I mentioned a little bit before, a lot of some of the stuff that that um, I've been a part of and sprayed or sprayed actually sprayed out and done some of the researches was with that 2,4-D choline product. Just a new, low volatile, no temperature restriction type, low odor component or chemistry to able to get good control uh, throughout the year um, is one that we have looked at. I think one thing too. Um, that's moving on forward when it comes to research. Uh, back in the day, it used to be the timing of the applications. What is the best timing? Um, I think now we're we're starting to really lean into more of a, well, these are the tools in our toolbox. This is the timing that I'm currently at. Maybe I'm handcuffed or maybe I had an outbreak or maybe I'm new to this golf course or something. What is the best tool to use at that time? Um, and I think like with Defender and Game On and even the 2,4-D combination products, figuring that out is going to be how we create success and programs in the future, whether it be an initial application and then rotating your program or, or a, a repetitive program like we were talking about with Defender and Dimension through a yearly type of thing to prevent the get rid of what's there and prevent from the future. In terms of anything else new, in and around the world of dandelions. Um, is there anything new in, in dandelion containment? You mentioned these products, uh, you mentioned approaches uh, and, and when to schedule and, and when to apply. Have we covered everything or is there anything else out there that uh, superintendents might, might find helpful here uh, for dandelions 2023? I would just say for dandelions 2023, if, if it hasn't been an issue in the past, it's always one of those, it's, I would prepare for having dandelions just because of the vast plants that are out there and seeds that are out there. Um, it's always the one time you skip a skip an application is when they start to show up. So 
you know, that ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and using, using a product like Defender um, at the right times, especially in the fall, um, I think is what we can really do to keep that encroachment subsided uh, for another year. Like I said, I don't think they're going away. Uh, always don't forget there are some oldies, but goodies uh, when it comes to chemistries. Uh, with when, when it comes to dandelions for post-emergence control, I know we talked about Defender, but Confront and Lawn Trail have been out there for a long time um, and work really well on there. I know we talked about Game On, but also don't forget about like Turflon Ester. I know many of our herbicide broadleaf programs may contain one or two or more of those products. So just because I talk about Defender uh, right now doesn't mean that your program is, is not a good one. You're probably using a good product for dandelion control, but I just like to point out the Defender product as it is able to do some stuff that some of these older chemistries aren't able to do at different times of the year. Moving forward, you know, if you got a good program and you're, you're controlling those dandelions with that program, a lot of times if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if you've got something else going on, whether it be equipment, time, people, something that is, is restricting you from being able to get that application out at that time, but you're able to do something with Defender in the fall or early spring where you're able to just add it into the tank that you're currently doing. So you're saving on time and labor. Um, maybe something to strategize is we're all being hit by budgets and all being hit by this crazy, crazy world that we're living in right now. So there's a lot of options out there. So before I let you go, three key takeaways from my perspective, dandelions love high potassium soils. The taproot is really, really important. And you got to contain that more so than anything else makes sense, but worth remembering. And one fall application often enough on pretty much most turf. I, I would agree with all three of those statements. I think you summed up about four years of, uh, College education in about in about three seconds. <laughs> uh, one last question, because your daughter will be four next year. She's still in prime dandelion loving age, and I'm sure you'll have a bucket of them for research in your garage next year because of her. What is your 2023 backyard and front yard approach to dandelions? You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because um, we actually are going to be moving here wow. in a little bit. So I am going to forego my uh, Defender application this year on my lawn, um, but luckily I'm only moving about three houses down. So I am going to. It's going to be really interesting to be able to monitor my or my previous lawn to see what happens to see if anybody does anything with it, and as well as I'm going to have to alter my management plan as I'm not going to be able to get into doing lawn and yard work. Uh, and managing weeds, which I know there's plenty of dandelions there as I drove by the new new lawn. So I'm going to have to do do maybe some some springtime apps with Defender, but it'll be definitely interesting to see. Uh, so if I can combat uh, combat my daughter or or get her to slow down on the the, the massive seed dispersal, um, I think we can get it all under control. I am so interested to hear what happens to your current lawn next year with new owners. But I'm so curious why you don't just go down the street three doors, knock on the door and say, <laughs> I'm moving in. Can I take a little control over my yard ahead of time? 
You know, that is a that is a great point. I didn't even think about it. And uh, maybe that's exactly what I'll do this weekend. <laughs> so no, no college football, no NFL for you. You're going over to the house you're going to move into and take care of the lawn that's not yours yet. Hilarious. That- Yep. That well, that'll probably do do good for my voice since I I've been screaming at the TV too much at college football and professional football for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Doctor Jared Hoyle, always great to have you on Talking Turf Weeds. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and uh, you have a great rest of, rest of the program. And if there's anything that anybody needs or anything that we could help out with, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, my Twitter handle is just at Jared underscore Hoyle. Uh, you can reach me there or jared.hoyle at corteva.com. I'm easily searched on the internet. So don't hesitate to reach out if you want to talk about dandelions, defender, and more. My thanks again to Dr. Jared Hoyle, AgriScience Turf and Ornamental Territory Manager for Corteva AgriScience, for taking some time to talk about dandelions. And my thanks to all of you for listening to Talking Turf Weeds and all the podcasts here on the Superintendent Radio Network. Beyond the page, Greens with Envy, Off the Course, and Tartan Talks drop on Tuesdays. Real Turf Techs with Trent Manning drops on the third Wednesday of every month. And Wonderful Women of Golf with Rick Wolfel drops on the first Thursday of every month. And there will be more episodes of Talkin' Turf Weeds this year brought to you by Corteva AgriScience because your turf matters, and Corteva AgriScience is here to help you defend it. With a full spectrum of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides developed to keep your course in check, you'll spend less time battling troublesome turf challenges and more time building a picture-perfect experience for your members. For everybody here at Golf Course Industry and the Superintendent Radio Network, I'm Matt Lowell. Thanks so much for listening.